What's up, team? David Rutherford here back again for another episode of the Frog Logic Podcast. Man, now I tell you what, one of the one of the great challenges that we are facing in today in our society as we watch impeachment, as we watch uh, mass violence or mass shootings, as we watch as we watch uh, um, uh, climate change, as we watch. Uh, as we watch uh, uh, economic uh, uh, disparity, as we watch uh, our own personal lives uh, and the people or the lives of those that we love, man, it becomes it becomes so so uh, so intense as to the reality of of our suffering, right? Uh, it's widespread. It's everywhere. It's it's everywhere in the world. It's 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 in. There's not a, a corner, a nook, a crevice of this earth that doesn't experience suffering. With over eight billion people on the planet, the suffering is is substantial, absolutely substantial. In fact, it's it's so substantial that uh, we have uh, teenage suicides that are are skyrocketing. We have we have uh, uh, mental health disorders that are skyrocketing. We have. We have an opioid crisis that's out of control. We have, um, I mean, it's the the results of the suffering are are unbelievable, right? They're in our faces every day. Hell, just yesterday there was a shootout down in Miami uh, with some guy who who some thief who ended up stealing a UPS truck, getting a terror, getting a hostage, and there was a gun battle in in the evening commute traffic. I mean, suffering is everywhere. It's all around us. But the question you have to ask yourself, without a doubt, I mean, the question that, that must arise as you begin to, to evaluate uh, what your suffering looks like it is, is, can I manage it? Can I uh, sustain or actually uh, can I improve? Can I succeed amidst the magnitude of suffering that is all around me. Now, that's the question, man, that is a part. We, we talked about it before in, my, in an earlier show. I did The Importance of Pain. I've, I've talked about it in the past on all different uh, shows I've been on in terms of the, the Team Never Quit podcast with Marcus and, and The Wizard. And I talked about it before in my old podcast, Navy SEAL Radio. Man, suffering is a part of it, man. Pain is a part of it. But thank God there are ways to suffer with pleasure. <laughs> now, I know so many of you out there are thinking, you're going, my God, here comes another sadistic rant from Rutt on, on air. An instructor Rutt is going to go talk about how pleasurable it is, is to be immersed in freezing cold water and to be get a, a beat down on the grinder or to carry some huge immense boat on your head or to go to combat or or to lose friends or whatever. He's going to tell you that there's a certain pleasure in all of that. Now, I mean, some of that might be a little bit irresponsible, but to a certain degree, man, if your perspective isn't dialed in and in the right space and time, then man, that that suffering, if you don't find some of it pleasurable, then guess what? There's no way you're going to move forward. There's no way you're going to advance yourself. There's no way you're going to be able to embrace your fear, forge your self-confidence, live a team life, and ultimately live with purpose. It's just not going to happen. 
man, I'm so stoked you're back. I really am. It, it, be, it has become just such a, a, a humbling experience, man. Last night I was at uh, uh, one of my daughters, uh, the Bears. Uh, little, she had a little Christmas performance in, in Del Rey at this big place where they were doing this tree lighting. She got up on stage and she sang this beautiful, couple beautiful Christmas tunes with all the chorus from you know, what she's a part of. And, and I tell you, it was so wonderful, but I was standing there and I'm at the the front of, of where it is, uh, you know, of the stage. And this gentleman looks over me, and goes, Hey, aren't, aren't you frog logic? And I, and I said, why, why, yes, I am. <laughs> and he said, man, it's such a privilege and a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I, I bought your doc frog PT book several years ago for my two kids. Here they are. And, and his wife was there and he goes, Hey honey, this is, this is the frog logic guy. This is the Navy seal guy that the, I do the workouts with the kids. And, and man, it, it just, it came back and it was so, so incredibly profound you know, th- to have that, you know, he, his experience shared with me and saying, Hey man, you know, we, I suffer with my kids. We do the PT, but yet in that together, in that combination, in that, in that physical suffering, we experience growth. We experience, uh, my kids advance. They become better. I become a better father. And he was, he was sharing all this with me right there in the middle of, of, of everybody. And I got to tell you, it just, uh, it's humbling, man. I'm so I'm so completely honored and privileged to to be able to share with you the frog logic concepts, which is you know my my understanding of, of performance, my understanding of motivation. It's a derivative of over seventy plus years of UDT Navy SEAL operational mindset training and performance, right? And I've extracted the things that made the most sense to me, that had the most meaning to me in the midst of all of my suffering and my experience of, of positive pain. And I, and I formulated these concepts to, to help both uh, kids and adults in their life to understand that suffering's a part of it and, uh, uh, you know, pain's a part of it. And it's actually the best part of it because it makes us appreciate all the incredible, beautiful things of life. It does. I'm telling you, it really does. Maybe you haven't had that perspective because your influences, your, the, what you seek out and the things that uh, are inspiring you or, or changing your thought process or educating you might not be in line with that concept that suffering is a part of life. No matter where you go, where you live, what the color of your skin, what your gender is, what job you have, uh, uh, how you were raised by, by monkeys, by parents. I don't care what it is, man, but it doesn't matter. It's a part of it. And that's a good thing. And I, and I just can't thank you enough for, for all that, all that you guys do for me, all, all, you know, the support we've had incredible support over, uh, the recent Thanksgiving holiday weekend. You know, we, we released a bunch of new products. We, a new flex fit hat. That's incredible. Uh, this new, the first ever sweatshirt with embroidered sweatshirt on there with the frog logic logo, uh, man. And, uh, we've also got other great merchandise. We've got these traditional frog logic t-shirts with just the either the plain logo on it, or you've got the tie, the tactical one with the tiger stripe brain fro- uh, on it with the frog on top. Uh, uh, we've got some great old embrace fear t-shirts. We've got some self-confidence stuff. I've got my self-confidence book. Uh, we've got the doc frog original PT book. And the one that I'm really stoked to talk about is, you know, man, this is, this is really the deal. Uh, this has been a, a bunch of years in the making. 
This is my latest kids book that I wrote a few years ago and we finally got it to market. Uh, this is Doc Frog's Anti-Bully Manual, Field Manual for Kids, right? And this is with Doc Frog and his new three other anthropomorphic uh, superheroes. Uh, we've got uh, Wiley Wolf, a former Green Beret who who's, uh, helps Doc in a bunch of his uh, uh, missions. We've got Semper Fido, a, a Marine Recon Bulldog, and we've got Hannah Hawk, right? A, a, an Air Force Special Operations member as well as a CIA case officer. And man, I'll tell you what, these guys get together and they, they help kids manage whatever bullying situation they're in um, by, by taking action. And that's really the course of action that needs to happen with these kids. I, I can't even tell you, over, over 150,000 kids stay home from school every single day because of bullying. Less than something like 35% of all incidences ever go reported. And many times when they do go reported, the schools are have their hands tied because of the litigious nature of our society, as well as, as the simple fact that uh, that's just not what uh, we do so much anymore. Discipline has been reduced out of fear and uh, of being sued. Uh, and our uh, many educators' hands are tied. And, and quite frankly, I think a lot of educators don't believe that bullying often requires the type of uh, punishment that used to ensued in order to stop it. But uh, regardless of all that, there this is finally a, a manual that will help your child. If your child is getting is faced with a bully, has a significant bully problem, nobody at school is listening, nobody, uh, the police aren't listening, nobody's paying attention to this poor kid. And if you're a kid listening to this, uh, you know, guess what? Here is a solution. Uh, Doc Frog and his anti-bully brigade get together and they teach uh, essentially what comes out to a counter-surveillance uh, mission on how to do it for kids in order to present the facts of their bullying case uh, in a very substantial and sophisticated way so that no educator, no parent, no law enforcement officer, no superintendent, no school board member can deny the fact that these children are getting bullied. So uh, check us out at, on my website at www.teamfroglogic.com. That's teamfroglogic.com. Go to the store and you can pre-order this bad boy. Uh, we'll, we'll have them to your house in time for Christmas for your kids or for someone you know that's been suffering from Billy or bullying or a friend. Um, and in my opinion, this is one of the best solutions that's available on the market because of all the research I did, um, bullying happens. It, it's just, it's a part of every single day of our lives in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it's a part of politics. It's a part of, of working. It's a part of education. It's a part of our social hierarchies. Man, bullying is a part of the suffering that we endure in life, man. It just is what it is. It, it goes, it goes along the same lines as the fact that, that, um, you know, it, there are different there are different hierarchies, right? In all things in life, no matter where you go, or what you do, there are different hierarchies, man. There are hierarchies in politics. Again, there are hierarchies in, in the military. We had a hierarchy or a chain of command, right? Based on your rank, your hierarchy, there are hierarchies in our, our family dynamics, right? The patriarch, the matriarch, and so on and so forth, all the way down the line to the youngest member of the family. There are hierarchies at work, there are hierarchies uh, uh, in our, our, our socioeconomic background. The, it's just the reality of the human condition. 
And it, you know, here in a Frog Logic podcast, that's my main goal is to really help the listeners as well as myself understand the human condition in its totality. That's really why I'm doing the show. I just, you know, had it's been uh, such an amazing life I've led by seeing the things I've done and going the places I've gone and seeing the people around the world and and all their various levels of suffering and pain and as well as my own experiences. Man, it, it's just there are there's a, a a ranking system to this whole thing and and we've got to come to understand that uh, no matter what we want or how we like it to be. It just is, man. It is what it is. And that's a, a, a sometimes popular and sometimes unpopular uh, saying for people. It is what it is. But guess what? They're not going anywhere. There's no such thing as a world out there where we live in a place where hierarchies aren't uh, a relevant part of how things work, right? It, it, it just, it's almost a necessity. It, it, it helps our social structures, to have hierarchies, to have ranking systems. And in particular, within our culture, within our civilization, it starts from a very early age, right? The first uh, time you uh, uh, go to school, you're, you're ranked accordingly. Now they're trying to, to minimize that and they're minimizing it in athletics, they're minimizing it in sports, they're mis- sports athletics, same thing, but they're minimizing it in scholastically. But the fact of the matter is, is we are ranked against each other. As, and as a result of that, we spend a lot. Let me repeat that. We spend a lot of time ranking in our own heads. Now, why is that? Why do we rank in our heads? Well, before we get into that, I want to just first uh, talk about hierarchies, right? And I want to I want to talk about what I found on this site right here, which is which is pretty good. It's a pretty good definition. Wikipedia. Now, if you hate Wikipedia, don't, you know, that's all right. No big deal. Um, here, Here's what it says. It's, it's uh, let me start. Huh. A hierarchy is an arrangement of items, objects, names, values, categories, etc., in which items are represented as being above or below at the same level as one another. Hierarchy is an important concept in a wide variety of fields, such as philosophy, mathematics, computer science, organizational theory, systems theory, social scientists, especially political philosophy. A hierarchy can link entities either directly or indirectly and either vertically or diagonally. The only direct links in a hierarchy, insofar as they are hierarchical, are the ones immediate superior to the one or to one of one's subordinates. Although a system that has largely hierarchical can also incorporate alternative hierarchies. Hierarchical links can extend vertically upwards or downwards via multiple links in the same directions following a path. All parts of the hierarchy, which are not linked vertically to one another, nevertheless can be horizontally linked through path by traveling up the hierarchy to find common, direct, or indirect superior, a common or indirect superior, and then down again. This akin to co-workers or colleagues, each reports to a common superior, but they have the same relative amount of authority. Organizational forms exist that are both alternative and complementary to hierarchy. Hierarchy is one such form. And it goes on to just describe all the different types of, of, of descriptions and, and definitions within hierarchies, uh, ranking systems, terms about hierarchies, degrees of branching, 
history of the term visual is up a representation of hierarchies, which I'm going to talk about one here in a second, but hierarchies, man, they're, they're a total part of, of our lives and they're not going anywhere. Right. And when you think about our lives and how we're ranked, right? You, you think about my God, why, why am I always being ranked? Why, what is the purpose of that? And really it comes down to a bunch of different things, right? But in my mind, the ranking evaluation process is, is a positive thing. It, it enables us to be able to, to elevate our game, to improve our game, to look forward to something, a, a place in the future, so there are all different kinds of hierarchies in our life, right? And and we live by those and and we suffer because of it. Now, you know, as as you begin to think about you know, all the different facets of our lives where they they involve themselves and you think about the positive aspects of that, right? Cuz that's really what you have to do because if you don't if you don't somehow transform your evaluation process into into a positive way and I'll talk about that in a little bit but if you don't do that man then then this suffering this as a result of the impact of the pain you experience right and when you when you think about where you're participating in different hierarchies right and when if you go into school right you're always ranked against your classmates as uh and even your ranking against yourself you're you're against yourself in terms of your scores that you get right all right, you got you ranked in the bottom fifth percentile, right? And then then you get out through this this you know, oh my good God, it's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18, 19 potential 20 years of, of educational experience and, and and throughout the entire thing you've been ranked. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you get into a job and immediately you're the new guy, you're the FNG, if you will. And you're immediately being ranked there. You're being evaluated constantly against your peers, against other people performing similar tasks. And do you fit in? Are you part of the team life? Or are you individualistic and narcissistic because the ranking system from your entire life has overwhelmed you in such a way that yeah, it's made you utterly dysfunctional? Right? Because you, you suffer from this. It gives you anxiety that you're ranked against everything. Right. I mean, it's, it's remarkable all the way up into, you know, into your family lives. And those are the ones that become even more challenging is that, you know, are your parents ranking you against your siblings? Uh, are you ranked against your cousins? Do you are you ranking yourself more importantly in your own relationship? This is the one that de devastates so much. So many people is because there's this hierarchy of relationships. We're keeping score always. How many times have you gotten into an argument with somebody and say, why do you keep score? You're always keeping score. You never let me forget a particular thing, man. And that's because we've been taught to do this. We've, it's a part of our existence are these hierarchies of, of existence, man. And, and I don't, uh, you know, going back again, I mean, there's nothing you're going to do. You can't live in a, in a, in a hierarchy free world. It's impossible. Jordan Peterson has some incredible lectures on hierarchy, really beautiful aspects. And, you know, he, this stuff is based on, 
you know, all this incredible clinical experience as well as research throughout humanity. I mean, the hierarchies of, of, of just looking at the hierarchies of, of the 20th century and what, how the devastating effects of those, whether you were talking about Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan or, you know, the gulags of, of Stalin's regime or Mao Zedong. And, uh, you know, you, you look at this, the despots of, of how they rank humans against one another over the course of, of, of our existence. It's just part of it, man, you know, and it's a part of our survival, essentially. And so, you know, when, you, you know, you, you live in this constant change, this constant, this constant momentum of moving up and down hierarchies, right? And, and you recognize that, whoa, if, if I don't get a hold of this, this, this experience, this painful experience that I'm going through physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, always those, that's the reference we use within my assessment of the human condition and how all the variables affect us, right? In particular, these hierarchies that we experience, right? You know, you, you, you think about it as, as, uh, as relative to, um, how we feel in terms of our sense of, in terms of our sense of stability and in, in, in safety, right? And our survivability, right? That's, that's really the grand effects of these things. And so often because of the particular society that we live in, our, our hierarchical uh, assessment becomes skewed as a result of materialism or, or the result of, of, of the unfairness or, or our perception of, of, um, moral injustices and our ability to write these things uh, in, in such a way where they don't exist anymore. Good luck with that. There's no, there's no, there's no way you're going to be able to do that in your life. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to change this where, uh, and, and the, the challenge you need to ultimately become is that, you know, if, if, if your safety, your security and your, your positive positivity, that sustainability of that positive mental frame of mind or positive attitude or, or the way you assess, uh, really in essence, your purpose, right? The meaning you have, if these hierarchies are, are trashing your own meaning, they're trashing your, your moment, momentum, your perp, your pathway, you know, your purpose. And that pathway of pain is just riddled with negativity. Then man, now all of a sudden this sense of suffering, it really begins to grow. And suffering is, 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 is something that is, is completely subjective, right? We, the measurement of each other's suffering is, is, is unique to all of us. Right. Um, and it really, it really, I think suffering is, is so unique because of, of, of the fact that we all perceive suffering in a, in a, in a very different way based on, a bunch of different things. Now, when you start to contemplate suffering, right? When you start to evaluate what suffering looks like, and, and this is again, another thing, what it says here, it says suffering or pain in a broad sense may be an experience, may be an experience of unpleasantness an aversion associated with the perception of harm or threat or harm, the perception of harm or threat of harm to an individual Suffering is the, ba- is the basic element that makes up the negative valence or affected affective phenomenon. The opposite of suffering uh, would seem is pleasure or happiness. Suffering is also categorized as physical or mental, and I believe spiritual suffering is more significant, 
It may come in all degrees of intensity, from mild to intolerable. Factors of duration and frequency of occurrence usually compound that of intensity. Attitudes toward suffering may may vary widely in the suffering of other people according to how much it is regarded as avoidable or unavoidable, useful or useless, deserved or undeserved. Suffering occurs in the lives of sentient beings in numerous manners, often dramatically. As a result, many fields of human activity are concerned with some aspects of suffering. These aspects may include the nature of suffering, its process, its origin and causes, its meaning and significance, its related its related personal, social, and cultural behaviors, its remedies, management, and users, right? Now think about that. Again, essentially what that is saying to us is that your suffering is unique, and thank God, right? We, we, we have to have a unique understanding of our suffering. When you, the great challenge comes into the play when we start to assess our suffering based on what we assume is, is the normative uh, measurement of suffering against other people. And that's just not the case. We all come from different places. We all have uh, extremely different experience. And, and most importantly, our, 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 our threshold of performance as it equates to uh, our ability to manage our suffering or i.e. our pain is, is incredibly unique to us. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, it can, it can, it can be quickly, uh, altered into becoming a bad thing because we are, we pass incredible judgment on other people because you're from a particular place or you haven't experienced this, uh, then your suffering isn't quite as substantial. And, and we, we, we have this quite a bit in, in the military and in particular, uh, with combat veterans, right? We always are trying to rank or measure each other's suffering in terms of the context of the combat you and the levels of combat you experience. And I'm here to tell you that to a certain degree, there's a hell of a lot of truth to that, right? If, 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 if you had somebody, uh, literally, uh, you know, sitting next to you and, you know, all of a sudden they were shot in the head and they died in your arms or bled out on you and in some, you know, foxhole or some defended position or on an assault, man, versus, uh, your buddy just going overseas and not coming home, man, uh, you, you would have to imagine that, uh, the, the cognitive dissonance is affiliated or, or absolute, not absolute, but that that's, that's a part of that. Those two different experiences plays a role in our ability to manage and understand the levels of suffering. And the same is true in relationships, right? How bad was the split up? How bad, uh, how bad was, uh, was, was the argument? How bad did one person feel it versus another? Right? The, the, great, the great challenge that we have in this lifetime is that we all process things differently. There's no two people on this planet that process things in the same manner. Now, there are similarities, obviously, because I, I believe 100% the thing that really crosses over the cultural differences of all of us is, is our ability to experience and understand each other's pain, right? We all feel loss. We all feel rejection. We all feel judgment. We all feel, uh, um, forgiveness. We all feel elation. Uh, we all feel being what, what it's like to be loved, right? But those are all, you know, it, what's interesting is 
is that when you break down the, you know, the differences of physical, mental, and spiritual or emotional suffering, and, and through after understanding that, that, that definition there, what we have to start doing is, is I think taking a moment to evaluate our externally induced suffering and our internally induced suffering. And I think getting, you know, uh, an example of that would be, you know, if you get fired, right, getting fired, um, there's a, a similarity of that experience. Now, to what degree did you get fired? Did Are you getting fired because you, you, uh, um, you, I don't know, embezzled money or are you getting fired because uh, there's nepotism in the organization and they're hiring someone they know and bumping you out, right? Well, and, and, and within those nuances, those details are, are how we begin to break down the levels or the hierarchies of suffering that are playing a role in our ability to succeed or imposing our uh, reaction uh, and inducing failure. And that's that's a critical thing to recognize. And it's 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 one of the things that you have to begin doing. If you're if you're gonna walk the pathway of pain, which I believe is essential, the peaceful pathway of pain eventually, and I'll and I'm gonna do that show here in a, probably about a month or two, um, is is you have to recognize that suffering is a part of it. It really is. Right? It's not going anywhere. Neither the hierarchies. So, and, and they're and they're somewhat affiliated for sure, right? Because we're always ranking ourselves, we always have uh, an ability to lower uh, how we relate ourselves to somebody else. It's just kind of what it is. And and so often we see in, in our society, people are ranking themselves against people that have some uh, semblance of fame or power, right? And and if and if you do that, you're you're always you know, saying to yourself, man, I'm lower than them. And, and, and if it's, if it's in a positive way, that's in, uh, really forcing you to uh, get out of your comfort zones and go, uh, try and climb the ladder of success, if you will, which is a, a very important part of all aspects of human life, right. Is to advance yourself in some degree. Um, but the real challenge is, is as you're advancing yourself, uh, those metrics uh, on how you relate to other people, the external suffering and hierarchies of the world, right? And and you know the what what happens is ultimately in every evaluation process, it all comes back inside you, inside your own head and your own heart, right? And then and then in there is where the the challenges really become that really, really start to present themselves is because as you're evaluating internally against others, um, you're already at a disadvantage, as I said, right? It's just a natural component of, of accepting hierarchies and, and utilizing them as a, as a propellant in your life. So the, the challenge becomes when you experience that pain of that painful reality of where you rank, right? And how you rank against others, right? And, and whatever, uh, a structure of measurement you're using, the, the metrics to evaluate yourself, um, we ultimately end up uh, uh, dependent upon your resolve, your persistence, your perseverance, your grit, your determination, right? Your ability to most especially your ability to embrace fear and your ability to forge confidence, your self-confidence in this, the daily onslaught from this negative insurgency of suffering, 
because somehow, some way, you're not measuring up in your head to whatever the spectrum of of uh, whatever that benchmark of success you're holding dear. You're holding. You're you're coveting. You're you're placing it on a pedestal. This is where I need to be. This is how I can evaluate myself. And I and I and I I tell you what I did that for a long long time. In particular, and and while I was a part of the the SEAL teams, man, it's a absolute benchmark of measurement. Who shoots better? Who's faster? Who can carry the ruck farther? Uh, who who's a who's better? Who's a better medic? Who's a you know who's a a better leader? We're constantly being forced to evaluate ourselves against whatever those uh, collective approved uh, hierarchies, right? And, and it is about the collective approval too, which which generates a healthy uh, momentum upwards, right? When when the collective measurement has been uh, devalued, if you were, and, and hinges on those 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 those. Uh, root ideas that can be distorted pretty easily, such as, as fame, power, and wealth, right? Now, all of a sudden, now you have some problems. And when people try and, and, and benchmark their, their abilities against um, almost this socially fabricated illusion of, of success, man, that's where the suffering begins, doesn't it? Now, if you're a person out there and you've been suffering for whatever we're talking about, whatever measurements. And then, and we're not even, I mean, you know, most of this is just kind of your, your perspective on, 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 on growth as it relates to, you know, your professional success or, and how that makes you feel personally. But there's also a level of suffering that is a whole other side of this, which actually is the, the root cause of, of much of our inability to measure correctly, which is the traumas we've experienced, right? the trauma you've gone through, the suffering you went through as, as a young person, right? Because ultimately, you know, you're, you're taught about these hierarchies as a child, you know, ages five to 15, man, we have this profound influence of rank systems and structures. And it's really, you know, you see these really begin to bloom in, in, you know, fifth, sixth and seventh grade where, you know, the hierarchies are skewed and they're based on these kind of you know, primordial uh, placements of, of physical prowess or, or attractiveness or intelligence or whatever. And, and, and when it's kind of ironic because we're all, we're all just beginning to become uh, who we might be, be in, in 20 years from now where our identities are just evolving. But yet, man, those hierarchies play this massive role in, in how we function or fit into uh, the social subcultures of, of where we are. Right. But they always they continue to persist, too, man. And, and as you experience trauma for the rest of your life, man, it becomes such a, a challenging thing, because ultimately, as you have you navigate your pathway of pain, man, you have these 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 scars, right? These these suffering, these these uh, reminders that, hey, pain is very real. Uh, and the suffering that I experienced from that particular experience of pain itself, that pinpoint pain, man, it's, it's been with me my whole life. And that's why you see, you know, so many, so many, uh, people struggling. I mean, that's why we're seeing it in our community right now, the special operations community and our, our suicide rates, man, because you, you can only, it's, 
I don't care who you are. I mean, you might be the most well-adapted uh, uh, sociopath on the planet, but in some particular way, if you go to war long enough, if you see enough atrocity, if you see enough uh, a suffering, uh, it's going to affect you. I don't care who you are in some way. And if it doesn't affect you in a way that, that alters your, your capacity for empathy or alters your capacity for uh, forgiveness or judgment or appreciation or acceptance or what any of those things, man, you know, it's certainly going to affect those you love, those people that are around you day in and day out, and they're going to experience a sense of pain and suffering as a result of your, your obtuseness, right? Or even your myopic view of, of how things should or shouldn't be in life, right? No, this is who I am. This is what I am. This makes me hard. This makes me tough. But yet it, it induces suffering in other people. And you're ultimately suffering yourself because you can't find a space in, a, in, in, in life where you kind of feel at ease. You feel that peace of pain, that peace, right? Now... You know, we the crazy thing about suffering is is that is directly tied to our fear, and and you know, uh, I, I'm really excited. You know, we're we're just so you know, we're we're working on an online training package and program that's going to hopefully come out in the next three to four months, three to six months, um, and and where I'll be teaching the core frog logic concepts uh, in detail online. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, you understand in the past where I talk about fear and our need to be able to embrace fear at the high, at every level of our life, not even at the highest levels, right? Not even the, 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 the apex of the hierarchy of our suffering, right? We have to experience all the way to the lowest mundane aspect of it, whether we wake up and the coffee's gone, right? And, and there's no more coffee in the morning. That, that's, that's brutally suffering to many of us, isn't it? Or, or, you know, you, you hit traffic on the way to work or, you know, you're late on a project or whatever it might be, or your, you know, your relationship is, uh, with your kid because they're a, a crazy teenager and the suffering you're experiencing from that. Right. And I think it's, 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 it's critical. It's absolutely critical that we understand, right. That fear is directly tied to it. So what, what do we do when, when we talk about fear? We, we talk about understanding it, understanding where it comes from, understanding uh, why it's relevant in our lives, understanding if it's logical or illogical, understanding uh, uh, creating a, a group or a team or a tribe to deal with our fear. I mean, all these things are essential. Well, the same, the same thing, you know, as suffering and pain are, 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 are reflective of, of fear, they're a part of it. They're a residual effect of fear. Um, you you gotta you gotta kind of break it down the way you'd break your fear down as well too. Now, when you look at when you look at the things that are the scariest in life, when you look at the things that are the most difficult, you look at the things that really that really uh, uh, lock us up. They st- they they they. They stall momentum. They paralyze our 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 sense of of uh, logical perception, right? Our they they uh, corrupt our objectivity in our life as it relates to where we stand uh, internally in our own heads and hearts, and where we stand 
uh, against the collective or our or our sphere of influence. Once you start going beyond the you know the second or third circle of influence, man, now all of a sudden you're you're you know you're living in a in a, in a kind of a, a an abstract place, I believe. You know because it, it's very difficult to to rank yourself against somebody that's on the other side of 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 the coin, so to speak. That the the perception of this person is they no longer. Uh, are, they're at the top of their game, if you will. So somehow, in some way, their suffering has been minimized. Well, I'm telling you, that ain't the case. Or, or you look over and you look at the bottom of the barrel, right? And you see that they're suffering. Man, I, I couldn't ever imagine being at that point, right? And the fact of the matter is, in many of those cases, people that you would most likely perceive at, at the bottom of the, of the ladder, man, sometimes are the, the most peaceful, they have a, a a relative acceptance to their their position in life, and and a, they they exist accordingly, with very limited aspiration of of somehow jumping massive, taking massive uh, leaps forward on that, that that hierarchy of success. Right now, the big places that you really have to understand suffering, and I think the place where you really begin to you need to evaluate and and start to understand are really in, in in three different places, right? And and that the number one being relationships. That's where we suffer most by far, right? And in and, and somehow, some way, uh, you know, because of the opportunities to uh, reduce uh, our our need to interact with each other, i.e., through technology or being able to work at home or, or not wanting to have children or, or, uh, being ostracized, ostracizing yourself from a particular group or subgroup or family or whatever it might be. Relationships are the most painful by far. It's where, where suffering is, is the deepest. It's, it's the long, most long lasting. It has the most costless effects of our, ability to analyze ourselves and, and, and analyze the world around us uh, when we struggle with relationships. Um, and, and the funny part is, man, relationships, uh, I believe, are the most important aspect of our life. If you have healthy relationships, you'll have a healthy sense of your, uh, your hierarchies of suffering, right? Because then, then in, if you're suffering in terms of professionally, you're suffering physically, you've got a particular ailment or something, if you have great relationships and you have great team around you, right, that in and of itself can, can give you more substantial meaning. It, it can be the purpose of your life. Hell, you know, I, I often hear uh, people that are, that are older, you know, over 65 that are saying, you know, my main concern in my life is that I have healthy and substantial relationships with people I love and that love me in return, that are reciprocal, right? And that there's a, there's a, a perceived equilateral distribution of, of that love where the hierarchy, the differences between the two are minimized and they actually become, you know, uh, flattened out, if you will, across this wide horizontal plane of experience, right? In terms of these relationships. And that's what we're really trying to do there. We're trying to say, well, man, I, I, my relationship, why is it so one-sided? Why don't, why do I constantly hang out with people that are bringing me down? Why am I constantly the one giving or man, I'm going to see what I can get from them or them or them. I'm going to use them to get to where I need to be here or wherever. 
Man, and that's a tough one. But yet we, you know, we we do it. And we do it pretty often and pretty regularly. You know, I it, it you know, you're always kind of jockeying for position. And so as a result, your relationships naturally uh, have a tendency toward to being a part of that that process. Well, I'm here to tell you, man, when you can flatten out that 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 hierarchy, right, where you can exist with another person on on a more contained plane of evaluation, right, where all of a sudden I'm not going to say, oh, this person's worth this much and they're this powerful and this, I sh- I can't talk with them or I can't or this person's beneath me. Right. They they come from this or they don't think this. They're not that intelligent and all that. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a certain place where if you have a meaningful relationship for whatever context it is, right, they make you feel good. You have a surfing buddy. You have a a running buddy, a fitness buddy. You have a, a person you're in a book club with. Hell, man, your church, your synagogue, your mosque. Right. You go into these spaces, man, and it and it's the. (laughs) <laughs> all that other stuff is mitigated to a certain degree, right? Although there is a tendency where who's more devout, who's less devout, who's more Christian, who's less Christian, all that nonsense. But, you know, there's a, there's certainly, there's an experience that's available to you when you have great friendships, when you have great supportive friendships, where where you can somehow suspend an expectation of, of reward, Right. Because that, when you when you don't expect anything out of another person, or you can reduce it down, well, as long as, long as they do, they care about me, do they love me, and that's all I need. Then all of a sudden, you know, the ranking system takes less precedence in your ability to interact, takes less precedence into the words you choose or how you allow yourself to feel in relationship to them, and that's an important thing to do, man, when it comes to relationships. And the other one I want to talk about is your relevance to the world, right? I mean, this is the, the second biggest one that if we're affected in the hierarchy of our suffering, right? You somehow feel as if you, you've underachieved or you're not doing enough or you haven't maximized your potential or the world is unfair. It's set up for other people where you almost essentially either you have an, a sense of entitlement or victimization. Man, those are incredibly destructive uh, measurements of, of suffering. Incredibly destructive. You know, when I, the one nice thing was, you know, when you're going through buds, man, it doesn't, everybody's equal. If you're, if you're in first phase day one, man, you're all in first phase day one, no matter, regardless if you're an officer or you're an E1 or you're an E6 or it doesn't matter. They're going to induce pain on you equally, right? Because their job is to see what you can, you can take to see what kind of implementation of positive pain that you can endure, that see what type of suffering you can live with because the end result ultimately going to combat is, is suffering as if almost has been you know written about since the dawn of, of human conflict. Uh, but yet, you know, the only way to truly experience is, is to go experience combat. And for some of my friends that have been experiencing for 20 plus years, God bless them. Because their their understanding of pain and suffer in that particular turn is substantial. But then you also look at other people I know and 
people that have lost loved ones dear to them, Jana, you know, lost her husband. And so her, her relevant hierarchy of suffering and pain is the derivative of, of that experience, man. And that's what it is, right? How she, how she equates herself to the grand suffering of life, man, is, is embodied in that particular traumatic experience. And you see this across the board, whether people are raped, people are stolen, you know, they have things stolen from them, uh, they're abused, uh, they're, um, man, it's just all these things. And, and, and what, what happens in that trauma, that, that implement, that, that the experience of trauma that's applied to you in whatever, whatever management way or whatever application of pain, whatever, uh, whatever, um, degree of that is happening is ultimately what what begins to govern our perception of where we fit in amongst other people in those relationships and and those interactions that we go through every single day but i'm here to tell you man your relevance to the world is unique to your own um and when you start to evaluate that relevance as a as a measurement tool man now you're in some you're in a you're in a tricky place and if you're not evaluating with the right frame of mind, then that the suffering that, that results, the long-lasting uh, presence of the thought process, the physical suffering, man, it can it can get the better of you. And that's a bad, bad place to be, man. And I think the third the third one um, that really plays a, a big role, right, is is in terms of our ability to understand suffering or, or value suffer, measure suffering is, is our fatigue, right? Or the, the physical aspect of pain, right? Uh, are we exhausted from working hundred hour weeks? Are, are, are we broken down from a particular injury? Are we, are we exhausted from, from trying to manage four kids? <laughs> uh, whatever it might be, man, it's, it's, it's tough to, to evaluate that. Um, other than, uh, you know, because we all have uh, against other people, it's easy to evaluate in yourself because you know, ouch, that feels uncomfortable. Ouch. That feels pain. Ouch. This hurts bad. Ouch. <laughs> this is going to leave a mark if you will. And so, it, you know, that, that existence of fatigue as in physical pain, man, that's a very real thing that we need to make sure, um, that we're managing in, in, in appropriate way. If you're going to do damage to your body with booze and drugs or, or physical activity or, or, you know, uh, um, poor sleep, poor recovery, whatever, man, you're going to feel the effects of that and you're going to suffer. So that, that's the one space that, you know, really, uh, <laughs> my, my uh, friend of mine, Pete Scobelli, he used to teach his kids. And, and now I've implemented that in the, into the 19 rules that we work with my, we teach our girls, you know, is, is, is stupid hurts, right? If, if you're, uh, if you don't process, uh, the availability of, of, of a very specific, uh, result based on your actions, uh, and you disregard that presence of pain, that, that, that long-term suffering that's going to endure, then that's on you, man. And that's on you. All right. Relationships, your relevance to the world, fatigue, and physical parents. All right. Now, how do we evalu evaluate the levels of suffering in particular? How do, how do we evaluate these things, right? We, 
first through experience, right? All of your experiences that you go through in life is a part of your evaluation process. What you... Uh, what you go out and you uh, get into, right? Uh, did you play football growing up? Did you play soccer? Did you uh, did you go to a, a a school that wasn't that difficult academically? Did you go to a brutal private school where the the, the challenge was beyond your ability? Um, what job are you taking? Are you taking a job that pays the bills and pays the rent and has relatively, uh, uh, you, you can get away with doing the minimum, right? The minimum standards, um, you know, or, or are you going after the, are you trying to become, uh, the CEO of your own company? Are you an entrepreneur, vetrepreneur? Right. So, you know, your experience is, is, is your first uh, way you gauge all that because every one of those experiences you're going to come across and you're going to evaluate other people in the midst of their whatever measurement or whatever hierarchy of suffering they're experiencing too. And if you're if you're smart, you're going to ask a lot of questions. You want to know about other people's experience. You want to understand their experiences. You want to inquire about their experiences. Why? Because you can utilize that engagement, that relationship as a way to effectively measure what you're going through as well too, right? Because there our collective pain is a unifying experience that we can all have, right? And it's also an incredibly educational one too. The lessons we learn uh, shared in an open and honest and authentic manner uh, really enhances our ability to assess and evaluate uh, our, our understanding of the human condition which is essential in, in how we rank things, right? All right, the other one is exposure, right? What have we been exposed to? What have we, what have we seen? Have you ever been uh, to Haiti and watched a Haitian child eat a dirt cake uh, with a distended belly, belly, you know, their edema in their eyes because they're so malnourished? Have you ever been exposed to that, right? Have you ever been exposed uh, to the brutality of, of, of someone uh, uh, being whipped or beaten? Have you ever been exposed to the uh, brutality of, of um, uh, true poverty or true pain or true evil? Right? Because it's the level of exposure that it gives us the ability to, uh, it gives us a greater, a greater uh, tuning fork, if you will. Right? If we can only tune because we live in this one little small little, uh, world, then guess what? We're not going to be that good at, at understanding our suffering. But man, if we've been exposed to all these different things, all these different ideas, these different um, experiences of others, now all of a sudden we can start to uh, refine the way we are, our, 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 our computations, we can our, uh, define, we can be more articulate or more concise in the weight of suffering, the weight of our pain is through exposure. And one of the other things I believe is another way is, is through acceptance, right? Uh, we, we begin to really evaluate our ability to suffer and our experience pain and our exposure to it by, by understanding that it's, it's part of life. And, 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 the more we, hmm, this is a tricky one. 
resistance is critical. We, we have to resist uh, the, the magnitude of uh, the potential magnitude of suffering based on a particular experience. We have to resist it, right? We, uh, we hold strong. We've got our defenses up. We always talk about our defensive mechanisms, uh, uh, our ability to compartmentalize fear in our head, our ability to isolate ourselves, to pick and choose what environments we live and operate in, right? It's our, but uh, the, the other part is the acceptance of this very significant fact that suffering is a part of it, right? I, I, I don't think I've ever met somebody who doesn't suffer, who, who doesn't experience pain on a regular recurring basis. It's just part of it. So acceptance becomes a very fundamental way. It's like, uh, it's like the final little, uh, tuning, uh, little tuning device, little, your little screwdriver kind of, uh, twisting, you know, tightening up the, 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 the screws that you need to evaluate suffering, right? Is this sense of acceptance to it. And the last one that is, is influence. Right is is the influence of others. Right? Do we allow other people uh, to influence us? And, and we all do. But uh, how do we allow them to influence us uh, through their actions? Through uh, their um, mostly how we perceive their personality traits, their mentality, uh, their delivery, their their presence, their all these variables. But but one of the things it, it becomes is is allowing, uh, I believe, uh, a true understanding of their suffering, right? A, a true evaluation of that influence. All right, this person is in this place because of this, not just because uh, they had a particular talent and uh, through a sequence of events, maybe they had a great op- they created a great opportunity for themselves, and then they. They rose uh, uh, like a meteor, right, in, into a stratosphere of, of where they're placed up on these pedestals of success. But yet we, we don't know the suffering that went into it. We don't know the, the thousands of no's they heard, or we don't understand the, uh, the, maybe the, the migraines they experience every day from living this particular life or whatever it may be. And so I think it's critical for us to... Um, to really understand the people that are we're allowing to influence us uh, to understand their suffering on a deeper level. It's funny, you know, I was clearing out my uh, garage yesterday and I was going through all my old books and I've, I've kept all my books from all the time back into college and and man, I like I pulled out and I've got every single volume of of Charles Bu- Charles Bukowski's uh, poetry, every single book he ever read wrote. And you just flip through the page and each, each poem is, is about his experience and his evaluation process of living on Skid Row or the, the, how beautiful the monotony or mundane nature of our existence can be uh, or how excruciating it can be in the same. And so he, he, pieces, he picks apart suffering in such a, a, a dutifully poetic way, right? a diligent way. 
is, uh, with intensity. And then you go through all the other, man, and you just look around and you, you look, I look at John, the book about John Muir up there. And I look about, uh, uh, camping survival. And I look at, uh, uh, <laughs> all gone with the wind and man, suffering and pain 1776 by David McCullough. And I just go around and around, man. And there's suffering and pain and, in, in, in every, every influence, and how you're going to rate that and rank it, man, that's, that's what's critical, is, is what you allow to influence you. All right, let's take a quick break right now. And what I think we're going to do real quick is we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Now, first sponsor we got here, and uh, I can't even believe that uh, I have the opportunity to work with this group. Uh, to work with these guys, uh, Aubrey, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity. Uh, for years now, man, Onnit has been uh, an intimate part of, of my performance routine, a, a part of managing my suffering, if you will. <laughs> uh, and they're at the top of the food chain, if you will, dun dun dun, uh, in terms of the hierarchy of products that I choose and that I utilize in my life. Uh, in particular, uh, the total gut health, man. Uh, this one is essential for me. You know, when I when I got out of the military, I had uh, some massive stomach issues and they persisted for long periods of time where I'd have projectile vomiting, particular sequence of, of food that I eat or whatever. And to, to this day, I still have the effects of it. And one of the ways I've been able to really uh, manage and mitigate that suffering has been through this uh, product, Total Gut Health, right? And this is Healthy Gut Flora um, from, from Onnit. Now, uh, one of the beautiful aspects of, of this product, and I, and I take this every day, is when you look at this, is uh, this helps you break down food and absorb nutrients. It supports the immune system. It helps support gut, uh, healthy gut flora, uh, and it helps you digest major macronutrients, right? Uh, and a healthy gut biome. A gut biome is a friendly probiotic bacteria. It is not only important for digestion, it is also where a great deal of our important nutrients are produced. In addition, all these all-important little allies are also responsible for maintaining a healthy immune system. In order to support the gut biome, we include five acid-resistant strains of probiotics, along with S. Uh, Bulardi, sorry, S. Bulardi and uh, prebiotic food to feed our little bodies, man. So, you know, this is essential for me. I mean, this is, uh, you know, what they're also discovering, um, my friends over at the Synchrony Program at Methodist in uh, in Houston, uh, Dr. Free and everybody else over there, they've really come to realize that uh, what's in your gut, the bacteria in your gut plays a major role in your depression, your anxiety, your overall uh, uh, ability to, to actually your suffering really plays a major role. So if you don't have a healthy gut, man, stand by, you're going to be in some serious trouble. And that's why I take Onnit's Total Gut Health. Uh, go over to Onnit.com, that's O-N-N-I-T.com and uh, check out their Total Gut Health product or another product I use day in and day out is their, their cornerstone product, Alpha Brain, which improves memory and focus. And I've talked a lot about that in other shows. But uh, go over there, check out their total gut health. If you're experiencing any kind of gut problems, man, as you're in your process to really reduce your suffering and pain, check out Total Gut Health at Onnit. Man, tell them Frog Logic sent you. All right. My next group is right here, a Wise Company. Um, 
emergency food supply. Man, when you talk about emergency food supply, the only real place that you can go is uh, when you evaluate whether or not uh, in the next major catastrophic event in your life, are you going to be able to feed your family? Are you going to be able to survive? When there's no supermarket, when there's when there's no there's no quick mart, there's no 7-Eleven, there's no more supplies because of some catastrophic event, hurricane, forest fire, whatever, and there's a loss where, and, and you haven't prepared, you go through your food, you're down, things are down seven days, power out for two weeks through the next major winter storm, right? Are you prepared when you can't drive on the streets because there's black ice everywhere where it's 60 below for four or five straight days uh, and you didn't prepare, man, do you have an ability to, to sustain and this is it right here. This is the product, right? This is Wise Company. They have uh, the greatest freeze-dried food in the market, I believe, hands down. The best tasting, the most long-lasting. Uh, you know, some of these products last up to 25 years. Uh, they taste great. Uh, I've met the chefs that put these things together. And the, uh, I've, I've been to their factory in, in Utah. It's an American company. That's why I support them as well as uh, the great taste and uh, the peace of mind that knowing that uh, not only do I have enough food to take care of my family for six months, uh, but it's going to taste great. Uh, it's going to be there when I need it. It's easy for me to store in these great buckets, right? Um, and it's just a quality, con it's a quality, uh, it's the top quality uh, company out there in the space. Uh, it really is amazing. Um, and you know, it's tough when you go over there and you go to wisefoodstorage.com. That's wisefoodstorage.com and check out all the different options you have. You've got camping meals, which are incredible. I, I take those when I go camping with the girls. Uh, I, I take them on a road with me. If I ever get an emergency, need a meal. Um, I, I have, uh, the long lasting, I've got six month worth of supply. I've got a 72 hour backpack with emergency supplies. You can go to uh, Sam's club of Costco, check those out. Um, but it gives me peace of mind. You know, it reduces my suffering substantially because I know that if a hurricane hits my house or God forbid we go into the walking dead scenario, which nobody wants or, uh, what, uh, <laughs> what the, um, uh, the electromagnetic, the EMP goes off and you're on your way to your, your safe spot, wherever that may be, undisclosed grid coordinate, right? All, all meet up at a particular place. Uh, is What's going to be in your vehicle besides your guns, besides enough water? It's going to be meals so you can live and you can have the energy in order to uh, find your way to survive. And I believe that that's with Wise Company. So go over to wisefoodstorage.com uh, in the promo code, type in FROGLOGIC, and you will get 25% off everything they have in uh, on the website, everything they got in stock. So, man, go big, man. Go get yourself a three-month supply. There's a 90-day money-back, uh, no uh, total guarantee money-back uh, guarantee uh, if you buy it. Um and 25% off, you punch in Frog Logic in the promo code, 25% off everything, man. Don't, don't miss. This is a great Christmas gift for uh, uh, whoever in your family is conscientious about surviving. It's a great Christmas gift for family members. Uh, it's a great Christmas gift for anybody out there who uh, believes in uh, peace of mind. 
So go over to Wise Food Company, wisefoodstorage.com with Wise Company. Tell them Frog Logic sent you in a promo code 25% off. All right. Thank you. Suffering. Oh, man. Now, one of the things I think is critical for us to always, to always recognize is that it's important for us to learn how to properly rank our suffering in order to benefit your growth. Okay. Um, it's essential to understand that we're capable of so much more than we imagine ourselves to be. We're capable of so much more than we imagine ourselves to be. I've seen this in, in so many different places. I've seen it, uh, working for the Boston Red Sox when they won the world championship in 2018 with the Oregon State Beavers. I seen I saw it with Penn State working with them, Penn State men's lacrosse team last year, getting to uh, the semifinals against Yale. I've seen it with uh, personal coaching clients that I've worked with. I hear it all the time from people that come up to me. I just got a, a, a comment today. Uh, a gentleman uh, named Joe, who's been a, a fan and a follower for a long time, his uh, daughter just wrestled in her first match, uh, and and one of the things they talk about constantly is embrace fear uh, and teaching her to manage those fears and to get on the mats for the first time against boys, uh, young men, and and compete. And and he sent this beautiful message to me uh, uh, about that, and to recognize that you know your your abilities are are limited through your suffering. They're limited because of your suffering, because of your perception of suffering, because of your how you experience and manage or evaluate your pain. And I, and I, and I want to believe that for most people, their metrics of that evaluation is skewed a bit. It's off. It's not your measurement tools are, are antiquated. They're old. They're, they're based on a, a particular group or subgroup that you were a part of at one time that have given you the wrong, uh, the wrong aspects, the wrong ratios to evaluate your suffering with. And that's not a good thing, man, because we all possess these brilliant tolerances. I mean, really brilliant tolerances. I never imagined I could ever experience the pain that I did when I went through, uh, buds, man. I just didn't, and, and much less buds going into the SEAL teams, being in the platoons, or or to go overseas with the agency, man. I mean, and, and much less in my personal life, managing my post-traumatic stress, going through a horrific divorce, man. All these things were incredibly challenging. But I'll tell you what, I ended up learning that I can take a lot more than I ever dreamed I could take. And thankfully, because I had oh some profound, wonderful uh teachers and my parents and my coaches and uh, certain mentors in my life and people now in my tribe and my my friends and my of course my incredible fiance Jana uh, man I, my performance thresholds have shot through the roof now you know the one thing I will tell you I've been neglecting my own physical self and so my physical pains are coming back and becoming a uh, inhibitor but guess what man we're going to begin evaluating assessing and, and going after those to to get back into a place where I can manage my day in and day out pain in a much healthier way, right? Through yoga, through stretching, through fitness, through swimming, through all these different things that I'm going to begin to apply religiously in my life here uh, in, in the next few weeks, right? 
Because your performance thresholds are, everybody is operating uh, much lower than what your real performance threshold is, right? Uh, we keep it low uh, for a reason, because we, we want to minimize the amount of fear we experience by coming out of our comfort zones, right? Our comfort zone behavioral patterns. Uh, we, we keep it low. We, we, we want to make sure the suffering is minimized. We won't want to be uncomfortable. Well, the only way you get to maximize or push those thresholds to the really to the place where your real potential, your great ability exists is by suffering. Because when you're experiencing pain and you begin to suffer, you know, you become, you get these options. You, 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 you know, you, you say, all right, am I, am I trained? Am I, am I going to improve on my training? Uh, am I going to teach myself what I'm really capable of? Am I going to teach myself how to evolve? Am I going to teach myself to improve, to be better? Because over those training and every training module, the more you experience, the more you uh, 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 expose yourself, right? The more we expose, the more you accept the realities of pain in your life and the more you're influenced by pain, right? Uh, the greater your ability to inoculate real stress and pain in your life comes, right? And that's a part of it. And it only happens through training. So think about what you're training right now. What are you doing in your life that's going to um, allow the exposure to be in a healthy and mature way, to allow uh, the influences to really uh, uh, elevate those performance thresholds that you're truly capable of? All right. Now, one of the other thing that you really got to understand as you're beginning to rank your the hierarchy of your suffering or pain in an effective manner is you have to really anchor yourself in reality. All right. This is a problem. Um, you know, every day when I run into people, they hey, Rut, how you doing? What's going on? How you feeling today? And I'm like, I'm great, man. I'm above dirt and nobody's shooting at me. And so just that alone right there, that's my reality, right? That's a, that's a way to remind myself of my reality. Now, you know, if your reality is, uh, you know, you're, you, you barely have enough to eat, you can't afford a roof on your home, you're homeless, man, um, man, that's a tough reality. If your reality is that you have more money than God, you live in this excessive opulence, you don't adhere to the normal uh, constraints of, of, of financial responsibility, man, that's, uh, that's a, another place. And with those, you know, come a whole nother slew of problems in terms of your ability to, um, I don't know, your reflective ability, uh, your, 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 the optics on, on, on what your meaning and relevance to the rest of the world is, can be completely distorted as we see from all the time just you know turn on any news source there is and you see it right so remember to anchor your reality this is where i'm at this is where my life is this is all my choices have put me in this particular space and this is my reality i'm not incarcerated i'm not poor you know i'm not poor uh, I, I have some food on my table. And if you can anchor yourself in that reality, it begins to help uh, help balance or it gives you a, 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 a baseline because that's what we need. We all need baselines if we're going to measure anything. We need to establish a baseline. And most of the time, those baselines are established when we're training or when we're, uh, when we're in the midst of... Uh, uh, being objective about a particular place we are in our lives. I am here because of this. This is what I'm experiencing. This is how I got here. And this is why I feel pain. And this is why I'm suffering, right? Those base, those anchored realities, right? Create those baselines. 
And the other one is, you know, when you begin to understand how you're going to measure your suffering and the hierarchies of those suffering is you got to, you got to recognize that whatever your objective is, your mission orientation, whatever place you want to get to, man, guess what? If, if that place is associated with a profound amount of suffering and pain, then guess what? I mean, you look at that movie Free Solo and Alex Honnold, man, he's going to free solo El Capitan. Well, guess what? His reality that if he messes up, he's dead. All right. If that's, we know that's a reality. We know that's part of the exposure and that's the experience he's going for. Well, guess what? In his pathway uh, of reaching that particular goal, that, that incredible accomplishment, one of the greatest accomplishments I believe in human history, then I'm going to have to experience this scope and spectrum of pain. In real time, too. And I'm not going to be delusional about it. I'm not going to lie or create a false narrative for for what it should be versus what it is. Because remember, everything's harder than you would think. Everything's harder than it is, right? We always say life isn't fair, but guess what? It is pretty fair Um, because it's just, that's the nature of the beast, man. If you want to be exceptional, you want to be great, you want to you want to exist in that, in that, that realm of success, then it's going to be hard. You're going to suffer. There's no doubt about it. And so those are the things, right? Well, we all possess brilliant tolerances. Recognize that, right? Our performance thresholds are much higher than we believe. Uh, we, need to, we need to train substantially and we need to train uh, and expose ourselves to the realities of pain, right? And, and through stress inoculation. We need to anchor in ourselves in the reality of our existence and where we actually are, where we come from, who we are, where we're going. And then we have to seek out suffering. If we're going uh, to uh, gain, if we want to move up the ladder and whatever hierarchy we're, we're experiencing, man, suffering's part of it, all right? One of the places that I always go and look and, and help people to kind of understand this in, in general context and terms is is this uh, Abram Maslow, who is the the founder of humanistic psychology. He's got this hierarchy of human needs. And at the top is this self-actualization piece, right? And this is uh, the place we want to be, where we feel the best about who we are, what we are, meaning in life, our purpose. And that's morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem solving, lack of prejudice, acceptance of fact. That's when we become self-actualized. The next one is this esteemed level. Our self-esteem, our confidence, our achievement, respect of others, respect uh, by others. Next below that is love and belonging, friendships, family, sexual intimacies. Below that, safety, security of body or employment, resources, morality of the family, of health, of property. And the last one is physiological, right? Are we breathing? Are we eating food, sleep, sex, homeostasis, excretion? Although I don't believe sex, I think that should be up in self-actualization, but that's a whole nother show, right? All right, well... One of the things about this self-actualization piece, you know, is, is, you know, you have to understand, uh, we always have a need to classify or understand. It gives us a pyramid, a structure to evaluate. So when you start to think about keeping order in your own mind, right. And, and how you're going to rank these things. One of the things that I do, uh, with just about everybody, whether my coaching clients or my kids, uh, if we're experiencing pain or suffering, I always make them give me a rank structure. I'm a former paramedic, right? And what do I always do with my patients, right? What is the, how does the pain feel? What, what is it? 10 being the most significant pain you've ever felt, one feeling almost nothing. I make people give me a ranking. 
And what I believe that does is it begins to give them a, a, when they say it, oh, it's a six. Oh, well, then six isn't a 10. It's not quite a four or whatever. It begins to help people evaluate. So, you know, start small with that, right? Where's my suffering? In terms of the greatest suffering I've ever experienced, the most traumatic experience I've ever, that being the 10, one being I'm living in bliss, complete bliss. I'm in a euphoric state, if you will, right? I just ate a bunch of magic mushrooms and I'm in this euphoric state, right? That being a one. <laughs> Think about those rankings, right? And and also, as you begin to to move forward and you begin to build out a structure of this ranking of whatever your hierarchy might look like, recognize this, that pain is applied or experienced in, in three different ways, essentially. It's experienced in a positive way. It's experienced in a negative way. Those are the two primary functions because, you know, even if there's the most minimal modicum of, uh, of pain, uh, we can still say, is it positive or negative? But I also believe there's a certain acceptance that comes in that generates a neutrality of it, where it's just is. Oh, this is just this is just how my life is. And we cease to evaluate in a meaningful way where it directs us one way or the other. Because if if you have too much negative pain in your life, that's a sure way to contort or to uh, corrupt uh, a hierarchy, a functional hierarchy for yourself. Uh, and so it's, it's essential, I believe, that you learn how to contextualize your suffering or your pain in those two, man, in those two systems, those three systems, right? Is it positive, is it negative, is it neutral? And when you start to experience positive, right, it's the intensity and value, right? Is this improving your purpose in life, right? Is it valuable, uh, to experience this level of suffering, to this level of pain, is it a value added to your life, to your systems, to how you uh, survive and, and experience life, right? And that's really uh, uh, an important thing, right? Is uh, and you don't you don't have to go crazy and 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 you know distinguish or disseminate between every experience in your life, saying, all right. What is the intensity level? If I, do I rate it one to a hundred? What is the value? Is the value system of it? Is it beneficial for me on a on a scale of you know whatever it might be? But it's simple to just say, hey, is the intensity of this pain I'm experiencing, the suffering I experience long term, is it a positive thing? Is it going to improve who I am as a person, right? And the value of it is it improving my purpose in life. Is it helping me define in my meaning? That's critical. The negative aspect of is right is the trauma is the intensity of the trauma because our brains process trauma much differently than just uh, a heightened form of anxiety or a, a, a sense of, of discomfort. Right? If it's real trauma, man, our brain locks that in, and the long-term effects of that uh, they ultimately will leave a mark. Now, is the level of that scar or mark is it is it going? What is? How are you dealing with it? Is it is it that intense? Is it that that substantial where it's gonna always be present in your life as a distracting tool for your measurement, right? And if so, if that's the case, if you've had that level of trauma, then the most uh, I think important part is to go seek some some psychological, some clinical uh, help for that, right? Give yourself an ability through the objective eyes of a trained professional to help you evaluate that and place it into a way. So it's not the defining characteristic of, of how you measure your suffering and pain, right? Because if that is the, is the sole way to measure, then you're always kind of going to be behind the power curve. So it's critical to really, if you have that much negative trauma in your life, to go get it into a place where it's 
um, it makes sense to you. You you can be objective about it, and it's not uh, the long lasting effects uh, are going to be present. But you're going to gain some type of control as you learn to measure the next phase of whatever pain you choose to induce in your life, and hopefully that next pain is positive. All right, and the last one is is learning to live with it. Uh, man, that's a slippery slope. We all have to learn to live with our pain. We all have to live to learn with our suffering. Uh, it's a part of the growth process. It's a part of the human condition, the human experience, if with you will, if you will. Uh, as and and so how you choose to be neutral about a particular thing. Now, what I will say is neutrality doesn't ma- necessarily mean uh, uh, ignoring it uh, or or boxing it up and putting it over to the side. Uh, neutrality just means, eh, it's this there. It's just, uh, it's a part of it. And we all have to learn how to live with that uh, to a certain degree. Now, one thing that you put in these neutral states, uh, recognize that eventually you're going to have to go around and assess these because over long periods of, of, uh, neutrality in terms of your measurement of suffering, man, eventually that'll compound itself and it'll grow with time. And before you know it, uh, that once neutral suffering has become significant, and that's not good because then, then all of a sudden your 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 uh, you've you, your measurement system is going to become very skewed because now the one thing that you thought you had control and could manage over in this little uh, confine, this little box, if you will, in your terms of your head or your heart, man, now all of a sudden it got a hold of you and it came back with a vengeance. So it's critical. Don't leave things neutral for too long. All right. Now the pathway of pain, Hmm. how to begin to walk that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to do that on a different show. Uh, I'm I'm not going to talk about that here. I think it's, it's, there's a lot to that and, and choosing the pathway of pain is, is, um, a very slippery slope. It's a very tricky thing to do. Um, because if you choose wrongly, uh, it could, it, it could have devastating effects on your growth both, you know, all physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So let's do a whole nother show on the pathway of pain in a, in, a, in a while. I think that's the best way to do it. But remember, one of the things is, 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 uh, you know, life is about learning how to seek out the right kind of pain, the right kind of suffering and applying it with precision, uh, to manage the positive effects of ling and the lingering sensation of suffering, right? Learning how to seek it out, apply with precision and manage the positive effects of linger, the lingering sensation of suffering, man, that's the pathway of pain. And we'll get into that at another time. So, you know, as we review the hierarchies of suffering and what they are, man, you know, uh, if you don't have a measurement tool, if you don't have the right metrics in place in your life, it's critical to go out there and get there. It's come, it's critical to understand hierarchies anyways, because life is, is about hierarchies. You can't, they're inescapable and they actually play a very important role in the structure of all societies, the structure of all organizational culture. They're, they're, they're critical to, um, to, uh, how we find our own place in life, our own meaning. So they're not a bad thing, right? Some are bad. Don't get me wrong. Not all hierarchies are beautiful and pretty and pristine. In fact, a lot of hierarchies are bad, but they're essential to our evaluation process in particular as it results to suffering. So when you start to evaluate, you know, the hierarchies of the world and then you begin, you get comfortable with that, then you start to look at the hierarchies of, of your own suffering. 
what part of your suffering is going to benefit you most and how do you rank those? And then once you do and you begin to say, all right, this suffering is good. This is positive pain. This suffering is bad. Now, all of a sudden, you can redirect your focus and your direction in life towards that positive pain, that that pathway of pain, or what I like to call ultimately what is the, the end result, the ultimatum, the or the ultimate objective is to for you to be able to uh, live with purpose, right? Surrounded by a great team with immense self-confidence and being able to embrace the fears as every day you live that, that walk that pathway of pain and in your search for peace, right? That peace of mind, that peace of heart, right? Even if it's, if it's momentary, if it's a plateau of peace that you get to experience for uh, a week, a month, maybe several years, if you're truly blessed and lucky and you're enlightened at another level, man, you can, those plateau of peace can last for who knows, you know, maybe a decade or two, if you're really good, you're honed in, you've, you've understood how to evaluate, how to rank and how to measure suffering and your hierarchy of suffering is dialed in. All right. That's another one, man. In the books, man. Thank you again. So I'm so fired up. Uh, uh, uh please, uh, we would love your support. Uh, for you, uh, for the Doc Frog's anti-bully book, uh, this has been something, as you know, Frog Logic started with kids. Uh, one of the main first problems I ever thought, uh, uh, wanted to address was bullying. I used to talk about it extensively with uh, over 7,000 kids I've spoken to. Uh, it's something that's a critical aspect of all aspects of life, learning how to deal with bullies, learning how to manage bullies and learning how to essentially, uh, uh put bullies in their place in a healthy and effective manner. Uh, I believe this, this field manual will help kids do that. Uh, uh, ages probably, uh, I would say 10 to 15, it would work. Uh, but it would also work for older than that, of course, uh, all the way through high school, I think. Um, and it also teaches great frog logic motivation to your kids intermittently. It's got this great group. It teaches about teamwork, team orientation, mission orientation, uh, objectives, man. So go, go get it out. It's pre-order right now on teamfroglogic.com. That's teamfroglogic.com. You can pre-order it. You will get it before Christmas. We're getting our shipment of the books in now. Uh, I got to give uh, props to my man, Brian Colt, who is the artist, uh, who helped me create doc frog. Uh, it's, uh, I had the initial sketch, but he brought it to life. Uh, he's fully involved in this and the promotion of it and the, the, the advancement of this man, it's, uh, his mind, uh, my ideas, his, his visual mind coming to fruition. He's a brilliant artist. Check him out. Brian Colt. He's on Instagram. Um, and hire him if you want truly great art out there. So doc frogs, anti-bully manual. All right, or check out the new uh, hats, uh, sweatshirts, t-shirts. You can get yourself a, a Frog Logic Tiger Stripe or a Frog Logic Regular Self-Confidence t-shirt, all Embrace Fear t-shirts. They're all there on the website. Uh, please check out my podcast. You can download it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, uh, all of them. You can listen to it on the website at teamfroglogic.com too. Uh, man, I just can't thank you enough and appreciate all your love and your support. Uh, I want to thank God, man, <laughs> you spend any time in that, in the Bible and, and suffering's all there, but time and time again, you read about these incredible stories where a person suffered for someone else and they suffered for the benefit of others. And that gave them great purpose, most especially and importantly to me in my life, Christ. 
He suffered for me so my sins could be forgiven. In and of itself, in that lesson alone, and the fact that that man climbed up on that cross when he didn't have to and was brutally nailed and died in excruciatingly painful death, suffering, suffering at levels that none of us most of us will never even experience in our whole lives so that so that we can have eternal love through him and through God and for the forgiveness of our sins and our suffering. Man, that's the ideal lesson right there. And all the apostles that went out and walked the earth and their suffering and their martyrdom and all the other people out there that are, are suffering so others may succeed. God bless you all. I thank you so much for your will and your willingness to do that, and the influence and your ability to teach us on how to measure our own suffering and the the effects of that suffering as it relates to the people we love most in our lives. Thank you. I want to thank Jonna. Man, she teaches me every day as she suffers with my suffering. (laughs) But I love you, sweetie. You're the best. I want to thank my children, my parents, I want to thank all my family and friends, all my friends, everybody out there I know and love who are suffering. I just want to say thank you so much. You're an influence to me and how you handle it. I just can't thank you enough, man. You're just so profound. Chris Osmond, bro, just praying for you and your wife and your family and the suffering you're going through. God bless you. I hope and pray and love you and that everything's going to be okay. I just can't thank you enough for your friendship and I I just uh, wish all the best. All those people out there suffering right now, I love you. God bless you. I hope this helps in some way, shape, or form. And just thank you to everybody uh, who's paying attention and for inspiring me to continue on and to share with you uh, my ideas and my concepts and to share frog logic with you in the hopes that... uh, in the midst of the very real and perpetual suffering that you're going to experience in life, you can put a smile on your face. God bless you. I love you. Out.